Finds his way in. Matt Duchesne in. Fires. It goes off a leg. Rebound. Score! Oh, what a play by Duchesne. To bat it by Stolarz. And Ottawa's grabbed the lead. Hands from Matt Duchesne. Are you kidding me, Matt Duchesne? Saborka again getting in over the blue line. Bang in front! And Skinner couldn't quite get a piece of it. Well, it's stepped back again. Kept in again. Came in front of the net. Here it is in front of the Skinner back Here we are, episode 12, Pucks in Deep podcast, and boy, oh boy, we led that off with some beauty highlights, didn't we, Lesko? Those were some nice ones, both from last night as well, the big Duchesne. Uh, I don't, I've never seen anything like that, actually, just the deflection, and then he just followed it up and whacked at it, and it went perfectly into the open net. I mean, the notion that he pulled it off isn't necessarily what's impressive to me, because... That was the clear play. I mean, you just, it's instinctual, right? You yeah. Just, you just try and. You're just swatting at the puck, basically. Yeah, you just try and whack it towards the net. But the what what does impress me is the fact that he's able to clip it 100%, meaning like the best you could possibly get on it. He got all he of got it. He got all of it. On his backhand, uh, man, oh, man, super impressive. And then that second one is just a. Classic Rick Generette overtime. Overtime. What I a wicked call. Yeah, I mean, some great highlights. As soon as I uh, actually I came off the ice, well, we came off the ice and ended up finding out later that Buffalo had, in fact, won their 10th in a row and found out that it was Skinner, which was great for me because I have him in a pool that counts game winners. So that was a nice one. And uh, I immediately thought, well, oh, I just can't wait to tee up that highlight for the pod tomorrow. Nice OT goal as well, and uh, yeah, Buffalo keeps rolling. Yeah, we're gonna get into into depth with that, uh, you know, throughout the pod. But I mean, uh, we might as well confirm from from last week. We teased the listeners about a, a possible caller, and we have him. Um, we got him calling in in about an hour's time. It won't be an hour's time for you on the pod. Oh, maybe it will be. Actually, it might be right about an hour's time from now. But Tyler Matteras from Sirius. XM NHL radio channel 91 on your dials. For those of you who spend some time listening to serious NHL radio, you'll hear him in the afternoons with boomer. You'll hear him on the fantasy point shows on Friday. And you'll often hear him, I believe at night too, on some of the late night programs, like after all the games are over and you'll hear him right here today. And you're going to hear him right here <laughs> fucking today. That's right. So uh, really excited to announce uh, to announce that. So, but we're gonna get into our regular our regular shit here. Let's go. We're gonna we're gonna bang off a few things, um, knock a few bottles off the wall, if you will, and then take a break. And then we're gonna tee up the call. And then in our second segment, we're gonna bring Tyler on and jump into a little bit more things in the NHL and probably some Leaf stuff as well. Leaf game is happening. Matthews is back. Big news tonight. Big news. 
So, so we're trying to do this right after work and then yeah. fire through it so we can not miss much of the Leaf game, hopefully. Well, and he's going to score. Of course he is. He's he's had four returns. Is that what I heard Masters say? He has he's had four returns from uh, from from time off injury, and he's scored in all four. Scored in each one. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, again, once again, episode twelve. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko, we're here. Uh, we're in my basement, and uh, we're glad you're we're glad we're glad you're listening right now as we speak. Lesko, nine hundred ninety nine overall all-time listens to the pod so one person listening to this could be you it could be you that was number 1000 but we have no way really to tell so that's right we don't so congratulations to our 1000th listener whoever you may be make sure you uh let us know um let us know at uh, at coleman 42 at lesco adam and at puck pod on twitter where we are hopeful to uh Get a bunch of your questions and fucking complaints and, I don't know, whatever you want, really. Discussion's open. It's up for debate. We know t- Twitter is a savage place, so you just just invite it right in. You're not doing your job correctly <laughs> unless people are bitching at you and chirping you on Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. So you want to get into the Flyers there and fire it up with those guys? Yeah, let's uh, do it. Let's see what we can do here. So they turfed Hextall, which I thought was surprising. I thought somebody misspoke and... They meant to turf Hackstall, which is the coach. But, uh, yeah, it was it was interesting because, you know, I saw Philadelphia as a team, you know, they made the playoffs last year, right? Yes. I assumed that they would push for a spot as well this year, and they're not off to the greatest start. And as we saw, if you're a Leaf fan, you watch the game Saturday night, man, the Leafs absolutely laid a shit kicking on the Flyers. Yeah, they kind of waited until after the Van Riemsdyk tribute to really bust open the barn doors they were like all right let's just wait for jvr we'll welcome him back you know maybe a little bit of a tear here and there and then we'll just bend them right over and he was not good in that game at all no even while the flyers in general weren't good like i didn't notice Giroux or voracek out there either very very quiet game and poor pickard there just getting absolutely lit up uh and waved today did you yes, see that? that's right. Waved today. Are we picking them up? I hope so. Put them down the Marlies. They need a goalie. Why not? Yeah, I don't know why we wouldn't do that. And you know what? I believe that when that whole thing went down, let's go with you know choosing McElhaney or Pickard, and they ultimately went with uh, or sorry, um, Sparks is what I meant to say. And then they lost McElhaney and Pickard as a result, right? Yeah, of making that choice in Sparks. I had heard rumblings at that time that the overall hope and ultimately the end game would be to get Pickard back um, when the Flyers would waive him. So I guess this is really coming to fruition for the Leafs management crew. This is their opportunity, I guess. He was waived today, correct? Yeah, I just read that. So we should find out by tomorrow, by noon, I guess, as to whether or not the Leafs put in that claim. And we are late uh, in the waiver wire process. Oh, so that's right. Be a ton of teams ahead of us yeah. that have an opportunity to pick them up. So, so what What do you think? Is there more moves to come for the Flyers? Because that, like I was getting to earlier, the prevailing media narrative over this was a change in philosophy or a difference in philosophy between Hextall and Paul Holmgren, who's the team team's president. Right. Um, and former GM. Everyone talked about the Flyers having lacking an identity and – you know, is that old, well, if we're going to lose, might as well beat the shit out of everybody type Philadelphia Flyers attitude about things. I mean, if that's the direction they want to take things, then 
they're they're in for a, a world of trouble. Oh, they'll be dinosaurs in a year. Exactly, they, are, they already almost are. Well, their their prime players are are getting up there. Drew's not getting any younger, and so what kind of changes do you think you see them making? Because I've you know they've got a pretty decent like I shouldn't say pretty decent a good top six a strong top six they've drafted fairly well from what I can see I mean Patrick was a gimme I guess at number two but Provorov yeah as another good example Konechny is a good player yeah there's lots I mean, there they've they definitely like you say they've you know they have a pillar uh, like a, a possible future pillar in uh, Provorov on the back mm-hmm. end which is good I don't know I mean as far as changes. It's tough. I mean, I one of the guys that skates at Tuesday night hockey with us. He he came out. He comes out for for beers, and you know, I was I was trying to ask him what the deal was with with the Flyers and what he's what he's thinking. I wanted to get an insider's point of view, and I'm telling you right now, man, like he had no, like he didn't even really know what what to say. And he's been a fan since like he's older, right? Like he's I don't even know how old he is in his fifties, late forties. I don't want to insult the fucking guy, <laughs> you know, seriously. But anyway. Um, the point was point of the point of the story is that he didn't even really know what what to say. Like, that seemed to be a, a pretty sucks. common reaction that it was just very unexpected. Where you, you see the coach maybe going. Um, another thing that I read, I think it was in Thirty One Thoughts, whereas uh, uh, Hextall had kind of gone to bat for Hextall numerous times, um, kind of deflecting pressure from up, upper management to let him go. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I think maybe that's another. Uh, contribution to the difference in philosophy between the uh, between Holmgren and Hextall. I just I feel like it's a I feel like it's a toxic environment when you have Holmgren, who is the team president, but he also served as the general manager from '06 to 2014. And wasn't he the coach at one point as well? Yeah, he was interim coach. Yeah. Maybe at the start of it, I don't want to go on record as saying that. We'll have to get some Flyers fans to angrily. You know, correct us correct there. Me. But the point is, what I'm getting at is, I mean, he he ha- he makes all the shots. He calls all the shots right now. So he's now in charge of bringing in another GM. He's the former GM. So, so he's going to bring a lap dog in, probably. Yeah, yeah. that that's kind of what I'm getting at, and that's not a good environment for any pro sports team. And I think we see that just down the road from us in Ottawa. Right where we have seen some questionable things go on in the franchise, and you just can't help but believe that it comes back to ownership. You now, know, in that... Ottawa's case, it goes all the way up the ladder to the top. Yeah, but in Philly's case, it's not quite to the top of ownership. But clearly, Holmgren is in a pretty comfy. He must position. be the most powerful guy in the organization. He must be. I mean, you know, he's the Shanny equivalent in Philadelphia, yeah. right? President, but, yeah. You know, I believe Shanny gives a, a fair amount of autonomy. I mean, he always talks about being a big believer and hiring the right people. Yeah, So you're Delegation. not doing it all yourself. But, I mean, if you're hiring people to specifically carry out your own, you know, your vision or that's going to that pick up the phone when you call it and, uh, you know, no, basically allowed to be pushed around an agenda an agenda yeah there's a difference between trusting your guys and and having a, an influence and a say and hiring guys specifically because you feel you can control them so i mean he's he's obviously going to bring in a new gm the gm is going to fire hackstall dave hackstall yeah i mean he's he's got to be a dead man walking i mean how's he feel now showing up to the rink every day especially when the the talk in the in the media is that it should have been him. 
Yeah. Well, right. So he, he knows that he's on the thinnest of thin yeah, ice, he's, yeah, or he's, he's already he's halfway down. Yeah, for sure. Um, his his writing is on the wall, and I think that goes further than just saying he's not a good coach. That's not what I'm saying. I just mean when you see that change in the what is it the hierarchy, uh, you know, down the ladder. Well, this guy brings in this guy, and he brings in his own guy. Yeah, you know, so. Um, it's likely that Hackstall will be will be gone as coach next. I don't know when Philly is, you know, trying to uh, fill this this void that they have now. I mean, they're in a pretty tough position, Lasko. They're b- bottom in the Eastern Conference right now, like legit bottom, sixteenth. Uh, I mean, it's a three way tie between them, Jersey, and Florida. Like, it, it's it, we've already gone past American Thanksgiving. It's it's to the point now where you're not in. It ain't looking very good for you. Now you've fired your GM. Like, I just don't understand w- what the next step is and, and how big of a step it's going to be in which direction. Well, I'm that's the feedback see. we hear from the fans is, from, of the Flyers as well is that, like you were saying, a lot of people don't know what the hell the plan is or what's going on. It's not like you know what's going on they're tearing it down and rebuilding like or when whatever. we tore it down yeah we H- were well, well aware of what was going on at yeah. that point right yeah. like whereas in this situation as a fan uh you and you know, even members of the media don't seem to have a clue what's going on um you know same could be said for for the ottawa senators at some point in time oh for sure we don't know what the the vision is like you would think they're in a rebuild given what they gave up in the last couple of years but there's no indication that Melnick's willing to, to accept losing for that long because guy needs the money from my understanding. Well, yeah. I mean, there, I don't even really want to go into the intricate details of that squad. We'll, we'll cover that a little bit later, but I mean, yeah, at some point the ownership has a fingerprint that is dirty on the franchise and it's, it's, you see it from, from time to time in different teams. And I fear for the flyers that it could be happening now, but you, you go back to their players and you're thinking, but they have the players necessary to make it happen, to make it work now, right? And I mean, isn't that just sports? Maybe let's go. Sometimes teams just don't have it. Sometimes you don't have it. But I guess in this day and age too, there's so much pressure. And you look at the division, it's, it's very unsettled. It almost reminds me a little bit of the Pacific, obviously stronger division, but it's not... The gap hasn't gotten too big yet, as we said last oh, yeah. week. Uh, Very similar. Pittsburgh was in last, and there it's, they were five points out of the playoffs, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a lot of dust to settle there, too. But I don't know what kind of shakeup you're looking for firings of GMs in the middle of the year. And um, a tweet I read pointed out the fact that it's not a very common move, and the times that it has been done, it's often ended unsuccessfully. So... Um, when I'm looking up the GM moves, the one that sticks out for me is June 22nd, 2012, a move made by Paul Holmgren to trade Sergei Bobrovsky to the Columbus Blue Jackets for a fourth-round pick, a second-round pick, and another fourth-round pick. They chose Taylor Lyre, 117th overall, with the fourth-round pick, never played a game, and... They traded the other fourth-round pick away, so they're left with the second-round pick, which turned out to be 45th overall, Anthony Stolarz. Who's playing for them right now, and I'm sure they don't want that. Exactly. That's why why I'm talking about it. He started 
yesterday. Yeah, that, that you know, I know hindsight is twenty twenty. I know. But holy I know. shit, man! That that trade does not look good. And you know what he did? The guess next... who got promoted to team president? You know what he did the next day? What's that? Guess what he did the next day? I have no idea. He woke up and traded Luke Shen for James Van Riemsdyk. It did he? Yeah. Wow! And he got promoted. That's like the old uh, the old Oilers philosophy. It's a pretty rough torch week. the team, and then we'll 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 move you on up in the building. It's a pretty rough weekend for Philly. Yikes! Let's, man. Uh, we're gonna lose Bobrovsky, and then we're gonna lose JVR. And two, those two two mainstay players, and that's a that's a a lasting impact because you look at uh, JVR's contributions in the blue and white. And then you look at how how impressive Bobrovsky's been, one of the best goalies in the league for several years oh, now. Amazing. And the the knock on Philly forever has been the lack of goaltending. They haven't had a goalie since Hextall was their goalie. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you look they, at all the good teams they had in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s. Same same problem. Well, no and goaltending. They, and, and they had one, but they traded. They traded away. away. For, they they for lost their picks. patience. Yeah, they lost their patience with them essentially. Well, you're not throwing Briz Galov up there, Briz. Oh man, I miss that guy. Das Universe. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he had some good I love tickets. his takes, man. We could have had some good takes on the pod. Yeah, maybe, he, maybe he'll come let's on. Let's get the him pod. on the pod. After we have Tyler, we're going to go yeah, fucking viral. Heavy on the guests. Heavy on the guests. Yeah. But if you know anyone that knows someone, tell them to maybe call us. Know someone like like Briggs Scaloff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty big universe, but we can probably find him chilling out with Grizzly Bears or whatever. My, the yeah, the, what was it? Uh, what. He's not uh, afraid. Oh, Baron Woods. Not afraid of Bear because Baron afraid. Woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in the. I don't know. That's that was, that was the best up. quote of all time. Something fucked up. <laughs> all right. Well, Philly's fucked. Um, and that's PH on both. So I don't offend anybody. Um, that's it. If you get offended by fuck, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. Right. Right. Uh, all right. So you want to get in Sens? You want to get in the Hawks trade there? Or what? What's um, up next? Let's do the Hawks. Let's do the trade. I like a good trade. I thought this one was pretty interesting. So the Chicago Blackhawks traded Nick Schmeltz over to the Coyotes for Dylan Strome and Brandon Perlini. Now, there was two interesting facets to this trade. Is that the Hawks lack winger depth. So they picked up two for one, essentially. Yes. Two NHL wingers. Yes. And you look at uh, Chicago's bottom six or even their wingers, and uh, I couldn't name you... I couldn't name the majority of them because I've never heard of them. They're like creative players. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, apparently the Coyotes were up against the contract limit. They were at 50. So they were looking to essentially unload a two-for-one deal. And oh, okay. I just found this interesting because, I don't know, wouldn't you see this, say the ceiling of these two guys is more valuable than, than Nick Schmaltz? Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, for sure. I think even maybe a Dylan Strome. Could, well, could end up being that way. So they could have a free player, per se, in Brandon Perlini. And that's something to take away from Brandon Perlini. I, I think that, you know, a guy like him, Perlini, could could end up being equivalent to all three of these guys. That's why I like these, this trade. I like this trade. People, I was, I, were talk, I was talking to people about this, and they were like, lateral move, I don't really understand. I mean, it is two for one, so you can't really say it's lateral. You're getting two for one. But I understand what they were saying. Not really any big-name players. Well, just because... A big name player, you know, isn't involved doesn't make doesn't make the trade any less interesting. Would Strom still be considered a big name prospect given that he was drafted third third overall? I mean, yes, to some. It depends on who you talk to. Some people 
you know, if, if he's not stepping in and making a difference right away, then he's a bust. Well, we still don't know what he is at the NHL level, I guess. I would, would I would the, agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree to that. But I, you could say that for all three of these gentlemen. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I think Smoltz has played the most, really, of them all. Perlini's been around for a while as well. He was in Florida initially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they brought him over. Um, they actually acquired him in that heist uh, for the Boland contract. Oh, uh, yes. He was, uh, they talked on a couple of dudes there to make that one happen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Strom is a good example of a guy who we don't really know what he is at the NHL level yet, given the sample size of games. He's just played, I think, 42 games or 50 games in the NHL at this point. Um, you know, not putting up a ridiculous amount of points, but also playing for a dog shit team. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah it's I, I think they do. even had him on the wing last time I had checked their lines, but it'll be interesting to see what those two guys can do in Chicago, given that they're going to have an opportunity to probably play with some top end talent in Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, where you just didn't have that in Arizona. Well, you've got the uh, DeBrinket and Strom reunion right? yeah that, there was a lot of talk about that they played together in erie correct that's correct yeah so now all you need to do is go out and get mcdavid yeah and then, <laughs> good and, luck right and then you can and connor up. brown <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um what, what was i going to say there oh schmaltz um i did hear and i was trying to check it up right now on on fantasy uh schmaltz uh played with uh galchenyuk and keller is that their second line or their first? Uh, well, I would imagine that that's the quote unquote first. So I thought Stepan was the they first won. Line. Uh, they won their his first game with the team. Um, pretty good feeling for him, I bet. Coming off of uh, four straight losses, four straight losses before he was traded, um, and then they win. Uh, he gets eighteen minutes and thirty eight seconds of ice time, three shots on goal, minus one. Yahoo says he was relied upon heavily in his debut, but that's a pretty. Um, that's a pretty offensive line, Lesko. I mean, Keller, Galchenyuk, and Schmaltz. I like that. I like yeah. the future of of the uh, of the uh, Yotes. I mean, it's uh, it's been looking good. I think for a couple of years, they just need to pull it together. Yeah, an interesting opportunity for Schmaltz. Like, I don't know how happy I'd be trade out Chicago, regardless of the situation there. Uh, to go play for the Coyotes, but you know it's better big, weather. Big difference in terms of fans and organization and, and experience as a player, I would imagine. Right. But I mean, Smoltz has some offensive potential. The guy did get twenty goals, fifty points back in seventeen, eighteen. So um, there's something there, obviously, that appeals to the Coyotes, and um, those are two teams that kind of got to figure it out. And you know, the Coyotes, you would almost argue more so because they've been dog shit for so long. Well, I mean, they're. They're one point behind another. Arizona right behind Chicago in the standings, but Arizona has two games in hand. So in theory, you know, they should be jumping ahead of them, but they're still on the outside looking in. That's where, for me, the trade is a little strange is is in the sense that, you know, I guess unless you're like really, really identifying a need, like you said, they, they required some assistance on the wing. So why not make a two-for-one deal? It's good to see that Arizona's in a mode where they're actually – adding to the team now i mean they yeah, acquired galtenyuk point yeah they were actually because they spent so long tearing it down right uh whatever they had previously bodker and don and you know all those guys gone now and you know instead of picking up all these bad contracts that's what they're doing for yes. a while bowl and yes. datsuk yeah uh, was it, it wasn't Pronger? Hosa? Didn't they have Pronger's contract Pronger. too? Just someone said hosa too we were talking about this last night the hawks still have hosa's beers. contract are they yeah, yeah. okay but I'm sure that one's a tra- uh, out insane. on the trade on the trade block right now. Hose's contract, no doubt. Yeah. So and another funny part uh, I kind of read into this is that 
Um, there's always this story about how over the years, the Hawks have always been thrown lifelines. The Stan Bowman's getting lifelines thrown at him where teams just seem to make them wicked trades to keep them out of cap hell because they've been up against it for a very long time now, you know, yep. seven, eight years. Yep. They've been uh, kind of fandangling their way through. And this this kind of helps them out. It get, like I said, it gives them it's a two-for-one trade. It gives them some winger depth, gives them another guy who can play center for them. And for a team that thrives on excellence and needs to get the most out of uh, this core while they have it, you, they have to do something, right? So you talk about Arizona, um, you know, being in a position to make the team better and add pieces. Any uh, weight to the idea that they are trying to make their team as tantalizing and exciting as possible for when one certain local boy might be able to return home? I don't buy that one bit. No like, way. that's so ridiculous. But what if they're unreal? At that time, well, I would expect we will also. Be I would unreal. expect the Leafs to also be unreal, and yeah. I kind of thought Arizona over the past couple of years. You're looking at how young, like crazy young, their lineup is, and I keep thinking like these guys eventually got to be coming around, right? And they just keep being garbage and garbage and garbage and garbage over and over again. I've kind of stopped giving them that chance. You know, it's like the last couple of years, like Carolina's going to be good. Carolina's going to be good. And they're finally kind of good and they're starting to slow down again, right? And I still look at their lines and I don't see enough there uh, to see them really making much of an impact. Um, I mean, and it's kind of wide open in that division and that might be what gives them a glimmer of hope and yeah. might keep some teams in it or think that they're in it longer. You know, it might not be till January where these guys are like, okay, Realize we're not going to make yeah, it. Yeah. Not to say these guys is in Arizona, but, you know, teams in general. But that's, uh, what we in were that talking about. that's what we were talking about, whether it was the last pod or the pod before, I don't know. But with NHL players just signing on for long-term contracts without realizing like, hey, this could go sour for me. Right. And now I'm like not in a good situation and I don't even really enjoy showing up to the rink and yeah, I'm getting all kinds of money. But if I didn't take this long deal, I could be getting even more money from a team that's amazing. That's right. That's so right. Like, it hurts. I just don't understand. So the players, they don't have anything to, to save them from, you know, being in a dumpster fire situation. And as we see, especially in hockey, let's go, you can go up to the top. No, well, sorry, you can go down from the top really quickly. Like if you're unable to maintain your pieces, sure, you can be super successful, but you have to sacrifice. There's a bit of a sacrifice there. That's the parody thing in the league too now. it's We see how quick teams can go f from top to bottom, and Chicago is a perfect example of well, that. Well, the three of them, Chicago, L.A., uh, Pittsburgh as well, like they're struggling, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, it's crazy. Like all of a sudden they're, they're, they're dynasties, they're winning all these cups and now they're firing everybody and scrambling and they're trying to find answers. Guys, you don't need to give us answers. And I'm, by us, I mean the fans of, of those teams, you don't need to give us, uh, uh, an explanation or a, a reason as to why this happened. We, we won the cups. You, you won us the cups. We were prepared to sacrifice future. But you have to. I'd like to do a poll of all the diehard fans and say, like, go back in time and say, if I could tell you right now that you'll win two cups in you know X amount of years, but then you'd be shit afterwards for again X amount of years. We don't know. What would they say? What would you say? Probably take the cups. Yeah, I would take the cups. Leaf fan, different though. No, definitely. But you think of Blackhawks fan. They yeah, they, they win the cups since that's the true. They, they had a longer, streak longer streak than, than Leafs. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you're right. I would take the cups. But it sucks, though, because then all of a sudden, like, you won the Cups, and now 
everyone gets over the fact that you won the cups and now you're garbage again. And everyone's like, well, now you're garbage again. And, and then even as a fan, I feel like let's say we win two in five and then uh, another four years of being like com- com- competitors. And then a decade from now, we're back down to, to the shit storm. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm willing to go through it again. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I like the language that Shanahan uses when he described his outlook and his ideas for how the franchise was to be run, and that is to compete every year. Yeah, find a way Keep to sustainably compete, not just because that was the old Leafs philosophy: sign people, acquire people, draft schmaft. Let's make it happen now, and you fall short, True. and then you end up screwing yourself long for the term. Future, you I end know. up signing David Clarkson for ah, seven years. I was happy that day. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, but come on, everybody was happy when we signed him that day. It was a big signing. You can't be like, "Oh, I knew." Well, you I thought try, it was, you I you was exciting, but I was I was not impressed by the set. I'm like, how does he get a seven year deal? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> sorry, let's yeah, let's clarify. Yeah, that. I, I'm not necessarily. I was interested years, in the but, player. It was yeah. it was the term that was the like, uh, just it was a head scratcher. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. All right, where are we going now? Are we going to Ottawa. Yeah, we're going to Ottawa. <laughs> Down the f- highway 17. <laughs> Fuck. I just came back from Ottawa yesterday. You know the highway is getting double lane at some point. I don't know. I, what John Yakubuski's gone? Eh? Get what, after it. What happened there? Well, are we, are we? He was big for the highway. Am yeah, I not well, correct there. He's still on it. Apparently, he is. Eh? Better I, be. I, <laughs> then we can get to the rink faster. <laughs> You're fucking right, man. Like we, <laughs> we can get to the rink faster and cheap tickets for no, the cheap tickets. No okay, so because the rink's going to be there at least till 2024 well, because of you, all this bullshit yeah, so going on with the rink. Tell the listeners what the fuck is going on in Ottawa. So. I guess it was two days ago, a story came out that there was an issue between Melnick and his partner, uh, this ex-CFL guy, his name escapes me at the moment. John Ruddy. Ruddy, there you go. Um, and he he files a lawsuit against him because this guy Ruddy is building another development on Albert Street in Ottawa. Right. And he seals that as like a, a financial threat to the development at, at La Breton. And has decided to file suit. And clearly, I mean, if it comes down to lawsuits, this has been an ongoing issue for a while. And things have boiled over to a point where you're going to get into the courts and, and yeah. air this as dirty laundry, you essentially. You guys hate each other now. Yeah, so that's the big story. So you know that that rink project's in a lot of trouble. And it was at the point where Jim Watson commented on it today. Oh, um, I didn't read that. What did he yeah, say? Yeah, so he said that, you know, to get their act together, A, and then B, he had... Uh, alluded to the the senators wanting money from the city. Um, I know that was a discussion pre-election, uh, municipal election there, not so much afterwards, but this had come up. And then the senators, I guess, or a spokesperson for Melnick had said that no, or a uh, spokesperson for the project, whatever, the group uh, said no, they'd never asked the city for money, which I, I'm going to say bullshit Yeah, well, that. didn't Calgary do the same? Well, you're stupid if you don't ask, right? right. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's... Jim Watson didn't win every election he's ever run in, tossing out money, corporate welfare for for sports teams to build arenas. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? For sure. For so, sure. But yeah, so that's that's the story going on here, here and now. And it seems that this rink that, you know, I, I would say they need a new rink. Um, that, But why? Everybody really hammers away that that's what they need and, and that this LeBreton development will be awesome. And it probably will be awesome. Yeah, but it's a crutch. 
They they were good. They, they were fine. They sold tickets every time. Everybody went. They sold out seasons after seasons. They had a great fan base. They were now good. What's happened to it? They were always really good. Now they're no good. No one wants to go. I guess, and maybe that's why the panic went on. And that okay, so that rink is big. It seats a lot of people. Eighteen. It's five. not the fanciest or the nicest one, but the common complaint is that it's in Canada, and the joke was always that it's in a farmer's field. Now it's very heavily developed. Canada is most one of the most expensive places in Ottawa to live now because that's where everybody's moving to. And I, it, I have no problem with the arena. I don't even want to talk about the arena location because I, I hearken back to the days of Spezza and Heatley and Alfredson when they were ripping it up and even Chera and Redden, right? Like the good old yeah. days. They had, at that time, I believe it was like 17-3 or something like that because they didn't have the suites up at the top or whatever. So they they put seventeen strong yeah. into that building every night, no matter who was no matter who was in town. They were they had great fans. They had good uh, things going on for the fans, like the the prime minister is doing the race yeah, yeah. stuff. Like things things were fun. It was a lot of fun to be at a Sens game. I'll openly admit that, and I went to lots of them, right? And now, all of a sudden, in a complete uproar. <laughs> The, the the arena is in a terrible location. <laughs> I know they've been saying that forever, but me as somebody who lives in the Ottawa Valley, and I'm sure see, there's lots of seasoned ticket holders who live in the Valley who will be very upset if they move that rink. Yes. Because it's very easy for us to go to Canada and then turn around and leave. We don't have to do traffic going back into Ottawa. I mean, that parking lot's a nightmare. I'm telling but... you right now, there is a good, strong percentage of that building that comes from this area. No doubt. Because even when we do come home, Lasco, as I'm sure you know, depending on how late you stay or, or whatever, there the traffic coming back here is still pretty decent. Like if there's a game, it's way heavier traffic than if it's a, another, you know, just a random weeknight coming back. And like having gone to school in Ottawa myself, I used to travel, you know, that stretch of highway quite often to come home for home cooked meals or do laundry or whatever. It was just, you know, home was just right up the road. On Sens game nights, I could tell, of course. You see like, the traffic. Yeah, I would I would be it's two lane all the way to Armprior. So about forty minutes, uh your first forty minutes in the vehicle, you're able to pass people quite easily. I wonder what the impact would be on the fan base in There's this lots area. Because there are tons of season ticket holders and businesses that have season tickets. But I'll give it to you this way too, man. Every time I talk to someone that I know is a Sens fan that I know goes to games, I've asked them if they've gone to games and their answer is no. Really? Yeah, no. And is it because they live downtown, though, and they don't want to make no, the no, track? No, no, no. I'm talking about here. Oh, here. Okay. I'm talking about here. Like, when I meet people here, like clients of mine or just friends of mine or whatever, I'm like, is this getting any sense games this year? No. Not going there. Just because they... Just because they're not good. Well, I guess well, and they're I, not good. They don't want to give Melnick money. I'd There's still be mad about the Carlson thing. I mean, obviously, that's, that's another. A, that's another reason. That's a, that's a good... Good uh, reason to stay out of the building, reason. I guess, or a fair reason for a yeah, fan. I would say so. I'm interested to see uh, Saturday he comes back. That's right. This Saturday. That's so right. Next pod, maybe we'll, have, maybe we'll have some sort of amazing Eric Carlson highlight, some sauce OT pass. winner. OT winner to Timo Meyer. Yeah. It's Timo time. Or like Boro puts him through the puts him through the end boards. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> In the okay. numbers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so they did make a trade as well. I guess the other Sens news that yeah, was, was obviously over 
overshadowed by all this. So it's Weidman, though, which also ties into more off-ice bullshit because <laughs> I remember a take I heard on listening to the radio, and they said, Weidman, who is this guy? He's not good enough to survive this kind of controversy. What is he doing shooting his mouth off there? And no no sooner than, what, two weeks later, and he's out the door for nothing, yeah. for a conditional six, which is, which is nothing. Yeah, like he... That's a, a blindfolded dart at a board, essentially. Yeah, he ruined his career there, kind of. Well, because, you know, Matt Duchesne's good enough to get away with that. Yes. They're not going to ship out Duchesne based on that. Good He's their point. best player. Yeah, good point. Chris Mywin, hmm, not a lot of patience for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he broke the rules. See you later. Yeah, but yeah. he broke the rules. Yeah, but he... Uh, he yeah, he, and the other guys were rookies, and they're like pro- a promising rookies. Like, this guy, no, I don't got time for that shit. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. I never really considered it that way. I just kind of looked at it like a trade. But then when you when you were bringing it up, right, that he was obviously in the Uber and, and, and everything. He's not valuable like, enough to survive the Uber yeah, ride. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, man. That's something else. But, um, yeah, and what did you say, a conditional a conditional, a conditional sixth in 2020. In 2020. So you're right. That is a total total dart at the board. Yeah. So, so that's a more got... see you later type thing. Like it doesn't even really go with, I guess it goes with the rebuild stockpile picks type philosophy. Right. But really like you just had to pull the trigger on trading defensemen right now. Well, I, I don't know what there, if there was any other roster implications in that, but I just read it as immediately pictured him in that uber and shooting his mouth off and oh, then i'd going, agree then yeah. going yeah well, yeah well you're not matthew shane so, <laughs> so pack your bags i would tend to agree 100 percent after really you know after really considering it that way yeah you're gone what have you done for me lately except cause trash shit. the team and <laughs> yeah. look like a dumbass <laughs> like a dumbass trashing the assistant coach so we want on a hammer out some leaf stuff before we take her to break yeah, what, well, whatever you want to do. I mean, we could we could do break now and get prepared for the old Tyler. Yeah, what's the word on him? Did you get him queued up or what? Well, I got a text. You got him. in touch with him. Well, I got a text him. He hasn't texted me. I mean, he texted me earlier today. I told him seven thirty, so that's about a half hour. But if we can get him on any earlier, then we should. Should right. we not? Well, yeah, I guess so. Get Try her watch, done. Watch the fucking game. Yeah, that's right. We've got to watch Matthews return to the ice. I think he's a Leaf fan too, Tyler. So He lives in Toronto, right? He'll probably appreciate that. There you go. All right. Well, then let's do that, eh? We'll do break then? Yes, sir. Is that what you want to say? Any public service announcement that, that you'd like to make uh, before we go to break? at the moment. <laughs> Actually, I bring that up. We forgot to, uh, you had a nice plug last oh, week. Oh, yeah, that's right. We'll get into that. You want to get into that afterwards? Yeah. Or do you want to pull that up right now? We'll get pull it up right now. I don't got want. enough time. What do you mean you don't have enough time? We're in a fucking podcast. Can we you put all the time in the world. <laughs> Can you put Blades of Steel on a loop? <laughs> Isn't Blades of Steel just a continuous loop? <laughs> all those games are just continuous loops, if I'm not mistaken. I guess so. I'll all pull right. it up here. Yeah, you got time. Yeah, so if you are a Leaf fan listening to this podcast and you want to score yourself a autographed and authenticated Mitch Marner jersey, I'm there is a... Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, so there's an organization in Pembroke called the Robbie Dean Center for Families. It's a mental health provider. It kind of fills in the gaps where the government can't. Um, they really depend all on fundraising. Uh, there's an event being held in December. It's a road hockey tournament in honor of 
former Pembroke Lumber King Patrice Wren, who tragically took his own life. Uh, former player of Sheldon Keefe, coach of the Marlies, and I guess he hooked up uh, the organizers of this event and with the Marner jersey. So if you want tickets for this Marner jersey, um, you can email or sorry email transfer money and they will send you pictures of the tickets if you don't live in Pembroke. Oh, right on. So, so you can you, do it out of town. Yeah, if you can do it out of town. So Sweet. if you want tickets for this, uh, they are, I think they're one for five, three for ten, something like that. Yeah, I think ten bucks will get you three tickets. Uh, so you email transfer to destigmatize at outlook.com. D-E-S-T-I-G-M-A-T-I-Z-E at outlook.com. But... We'll tweet that out too. Yeah, I'll tweet it out. I also post it on my Facebook so you can find it there. Um, or if you have questions, just get in touch with me. But uh, you know what? I need. Uh, I want to win that goddamn jersey. Me so. too. I'm getting get some. <laughs> I was torn. I really wanted to promote it and plug it, but I was like, I don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> I want to win the damn <laughs> yeah. thing. I've dumped, a, I've dumped a good amount of money into that raffle. <laughs> I'd like to win it myself. All right, so that's it. We'll tweet that out, folks. So if you're uh, listening, you want to win a Marner jersey, it's fucking signed, authenticated, pretty sweet deal. Um, we'll tweet that out. So you can follow us at PuckPod to get the information. We will be right back for our second segment. We're going to bring on Tyler Mataraz from Sirius NHL XM Radio, Channel 91, when we return to the Pucks and Deep Podcast, episode 12. back had our break had our fucking powwow and got our shit sorted out here we're back pucks and deep podcast adam and josh episode 12 second segment really exciting glad to uh announce our first ever caller here on the podcast and it is a esteemed member of the media the one and only tyler Matteras. tyler you're live thanks for joining us man i'll take esteemed boys uh Thanks for the nice intro, and it's a, it's a pleasure being on this uh, very welcoming podcast. So, why don't you uh, start us off, Tyler? Tell tell the uh, listeners a little bit about yourself. I, I teed you up. You're you're appearing uh, at, at various hours of the day, multiple days of the week on Sirius XM Radio Channel ninety one. For anyone out there with a subscription, I highly recommend it. I think a lot what you guys do on there is great uh, every day, Tyler. So why don't you? Uh, Tell the listeners a little bit about your daily activities there. Yeah, so uh, my uh, my employment at NHL Network Radio probably started around six years ago, probably my sixth season uh, currently at NHL Network Radio. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird schedule for myself and uh, another guy who I switch on and off with, Jake Hahn. Uh, so I'm on days one week, and I'll come in, I'll, I'll operate a couple shows, uh, I'll co-host The Point during the afternoon with Boomer Gordon, which uh, if you boys have listened to it, it's usually a pretty fun show. Um, and then the night, night shift consists of coming in and uh, doing a show called Face Off with Boomer where we're teeing up every single game of the night. You're hearing some audio from coaches, and we're giving you the lineups and some fantasy advice. And, and the, night, the night shift's really fun. Uh, it's probably what you guys do every night, watch hockey, 
flick back and forth between every single game, kind of just keep up. And uh, if it's a busy night, it's usually a bit more fun. Uh, like the 10 and 12 game nights uh, at the night shift at NHL Network Radio are usually, they usually fly by. It just feels like a couple hours. So you're pretty much getting all the goals, getting ready for your show at night, which is called Ice Cap. And uh, I usually do that with Nick Alberga or Michelle Storino. Uh, Jake Hahn's on that as well. But uh, that's pretty much my work at uh, NHL Network Radio. So co-host three shows and uh, operate the board uh, during various other shows during the day as well. So uh, it's a pretty pretty fun gig right now. I bet, man. I mean, as an avid listener, uh, which I definitely am, um, I, I bet you weekly that the, uh, the face-off isn't on demand. <laughs> it makes sense that it's not because the games are happening that night, and once they're over, who who cares, right? But I mean, I still I like the given I like the uh, the back and forth between uh, you know you you Jake and Boomer. I, I find that uh, you know you guys are maybe maybe up there uh, in the top three on the channel. What about yourself? Uh, do you have like a favorite, a favorite show that you're running that you can't wait to do uh, on every, any given night? I mean, I don't want you to throw anyone under the bus here, but you know, does any, does any shift uh, really stand out for you? Uh, it's probably the show during the day with Boomer, uh, the point. Um, it's, it's usually just fun. You're, you're breaking down the games from the night before. If it's a busy night. There's so many storylines every single night. Like you come in and Patrick Liney scored five goals or there's been a suspension or something like that. So for half the show, you're pretty much riffing off what happened on the night before. And then sometimes Boomer brings some pretty creative and interesting segments to the table. For example, tomorrow he's getting me to redo the top 10 of the 2015 draft, which as you boys know, and as everyone that listens to this podcast knows, uh, that's one of the most skilled and talented drafts that we've seen probably since 2003. So uh, it'll be segments like that. And then you're kind of talking about the games tonight, but not really going too in depth. So I'd say, uh, the afternoon show, which is the point, which uh, airs at 2 p.m. Eastern time, is probably the the most fun show to do. So, you ever doing the afternoon show and the evening programming in the same day, or is that when you mean by switching shifts? Yeah, so it's usually switching shifts, but sometimes if uh, myself or Jake or something has to come in later or is off that day, uh, we'll double dip where. Uh, we'll be on that afternoon show with Boomer midday, and then we're also doing face-off, which is at 6 p.m. Eastern, where, as I said, we're teeing up all the games, and, and then you're pretty much finishing around 7 and rushing home uh, to catch some of the games because you don't really want to miss much. But you're pretty much uh, you're pretty much watching hockey and talking about hockey uh, every day, uh, almost 365. So good to make a living at it, where unless unlike us couple of bums here who just talk about it 24-7 for free. Hey, it's not bad. Hey, I'd be doing that if I wasn't working here as well. So, well, you're doing um, it right I'm now still, for free. I ain't giving you. I'm doing shit. it right. Hey, I'm doing it right now. I'm having a good time. <laughs> it's pretty much like we're we're sitting around the bar having a couple of beers with the boys. You guys know. Yeah, well, we are sitting around a bar actually. We're tight. We're cuddled around the bar here in my basement. So no beers, so unfortunately, nice. tonight. No, I drank them all last yeah. night at Tuesday night hockey, and then Brutal. I played <laughs> terrible in nets. So what are some of the kind of coolest moments you've had being a media guy? Obviously, you've been there for six years now, so that's that's a good tenure to have. Like, you know, is there any, like, events or some people you've met that you'd want to talk about? Uh, I think one of the coolest things I've been a part of so far uh, was this Scotiabank Pro-Am uh, tournament that I did. I did it with J-Con uh, a couple years back. It was pretty early on into our uh, into our into starting at NHL Network Radio, so we pretty much got on a, a team. If, if you're not a part of the media, you can pretty much get donations um, and, and make a team. And then every team for the Scotiabank Pro has a former NHLer on it, 
and there's a draft involved where you go to a location. Uh, this one was down near the exhibition in Toronto, so not far away from our studio, which was nice. And you go have a nice dinner, you get an open bar, and there's a big draft that goes on. So we were a part of that media team there, I remember, and a bunch of other media members were on the team. And uh, our, our NHLer was former defenseman Brad Marsh. So it's kind of funny just listening to some stories from guys like him and uh, meeting a bunch of other NHLers. Uh, you guys are Leaf fans. Uh, I, me and Jake ran into Darcy Tucker there after nice. uh, a couple pops and was asking him some pretty funny questions, uh, uh, asking him some questions about Sergey Bearsen, obviously, because <laughs> I was a big Bearsen fan. So big assist got guy. Some pretty, oh, yeah, huge assist guy. I wish he was. Um, but got some pretty good stories out of Darcy Tucker there. and uh, It's just the cool little things where if you can – meet some of these former players you just have so many questions but in the moment you you're kind of a little starstruck but uh that was probably one of the coolest moments i'd say uh so far trying to play it cool i guess and uh i hope the nhl network was footing the bill for that i assume as well uh maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs> it depends how many you want to have on the course i guess eh? company card exactly Nice. Well, who's the uh, biggest name that you've had on the radio, Tyler, live, like the way we're talking to you? Like, who have you, who have you been able to speak to over the radio waves? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. I think the biggest name that I've personally interviewed uh, is probably James Van Riemsdyk. Um, this, this past summer when he signed with the Philadelphia Flyers for his second go-around there. So uh, that's the, probably the biggest name that I've interviewed. But uh, I've just been operating the board when – and not on air when just so many big names, like when Wayne Gretzky yeah, of calls course, yeah. the studio, it's just insane. Like one time they had him on, I think he was on with Scott Lachlan on the power play. And like five minutes later, Gretzky just calls back and answer the phone, not knowing who it is like, hello. And he's like, yeah, this is, this is Wayne again. Just thanks for having me on guys. It's just like, holy crap. Like that's amazing. Wayne Gretzky's Wayne Gretzky's calling back. So uh, unfortunately didn't get to interview Gretzky. Um, but maybe in the future I'll, I'll interview someone, uh, of that magnitude. So one more for you, as far as, you know, your, your, your career is concerned, what's it like, uh, as far as, you know, maybe the, the cons about, about working the way you do in hockey and having to pay attention to all these games to make sure that you're, you're on point and you're, you're ready to fire each and every day in the afternoon. I mean, does that not take away from your ability to maybe, uh, enjoy the game and take it in like, like most fans would? Definitely. Yeah, it's a good point, Josh. And uh, for example, on the night shift, uh, you can't really enjoy hockey as much as you want to as like a crazy hockey fan like I am and like you guys are. And everyone that works at our station, you're pretty much focused on, on getting ready for your show and uh, getting all the highlights, getting getting everything set up pretty much. So uh, if big moments happen. Uh, you're still enjoying them and taking them in. But then when you once you get home at like 2.30 in the morning, uh, when you can't go to sleep, you're pretty much just watching all the highlights back and uh, catching up on everything that maybe you didn't take in in the moment. But uh, it's it's pretty much a, a 24/7 job. Like when even if you you go out to the movies one night, you're coming home and you're pretty much watching every single thing that you miss. So you need to be pretty much right on the game 24/7 and and focused on everything. You can't miss a, a disallowed goal or or else you'll talk about it the next day and have no clue that you, that it happened or yeah. you can't miss one of those borderline Outside, hits that yeah. wasn't a suspension, any of those challenges. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you got to be on it. So you got to be on Twitter. You got to be on NHL.com or even uh, a really good if, – if you miss a lot of stuff, 
uh, Sportsnet's YouTube page has a lot of good videos that they throw out of, of a lot of the stuff that happens in every night. So you'll be checking those out after uh, every single game is done. Look, I find it difficult to keep up with once a week. Yeah, I mean, I, we've kind of experienced this in the last couple of months, whereas, you know, I was always reading hockey articles for fun. Like, I'm, an, I'm a subscriber to The Athletic, so I'm getting in-depth all the time. And then now it's almost... I shouldn't say it's become a chore, but it feels like it sometimes because it's like, oh shit, I got to get prepped and get ready to go and make some notes here because Josh writes things on paper and I put stuff in the cloud for us both to enjoy. I'm old school. Yeah, no, (laughs) I like writing down stuff too, don't worry. Um, But it's it's tough. Like it, it does seem like a chore at times, but at the end of the day, if you, once you're done, just think like, wow, I could be doing something way worse than this. You know yeah, what I good mean? Point. Could good be point. digging ditches. So y- yeah, <laughs> you talk about being a big fan, Tyler. Are you okay with disclosing your uh, allegiances here on the Pucks and Deep podcast, or are you keeping that a secret? I might keep that a secret, no, but I, I obviously grew up as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan growing up uh, in the city, so I uh, still like to, to focus a lot on the Leafs. But w- once you start working at a station like NHL Network Radio, you're still obviously a, a fan at heart, but you just start loving like different players on different teams. And um, yeah, you still have your allegiances to your, your team that you've loved since you were like three or four years old, but uh, you start to appreciate a lot of the other teams around the league, especially some of the teams that are doing well when they really shouldn't be and, and things like that. But uh, obviously Hart's still in Toronto. You guys know that. Good to hear. Good to hear. Why we have him on, I guess. And that's easy as a Leaf fan too, growing up. I mean, you talk about identifying with certain players. I mean, with how, awful the Leafs had been for several years I always found myself drawn to certain guys you know again Luz, Marty St. Louis players that you rooted for watching them play playoff hockey because you weren't watching it as a Leaf fan growing up you know yeah there was a lot of players like that for me because as, as you guys know we're, we're around the same age uh, we got some playoff hockey late night late 90s early 2000s uh, and then like the Roberts and Neuendijk years those were fun against the Ottawa Senators but after that uh, it was just absolutely brutal, and that was like in our heyday in like high school and stuff, where yeah. you want to watch, you want to watch with your buddies, but you, you can't watch the Leafs because they're so shirt. brutal. But yeah, but I, I don't know. I, for me, I've always been a fan of a lot of the European guys, and I obviously like some some Canadian and American guys too, especially being a Canadian myself. Like loved Paul Korea when I was a bit younger, for example. But I don't know. I've always been drawn to a lot of the Russian players or some of the Swedes or the Finns. But I don't know what it is. They've always just been my favorite kind of players. Like. For some old Leafs, for example, like when Alex McGillney came to the Leafs, that guy was just one of my idols. I had his poster in my room and everything, and yeah, same here. Uh, just more of a more of a European feel for me. Well, I mean, you think about it, Tyler. Without those, you know, big European stars coming over to our, our our side of the the pond to, you know, to make our game what it is, the game would would be you know much much less intriguing on a nightly basis, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's fun. Uh, especially when the guys come over and they're not that great, like from Russia, and like they're not passing and they're just not doing as well. And uh, like for last year with the Vegas Golden Knights, Vadim Shapachev, you're like, right. oh man, we're so pumped for this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna wear 87. He's gonna look like Sidney Crosby out there, rocking the same number. And then obviously George McPhee and the Knights are like, yeah, this guy's not even that good. He, Ship him back to Russia. He was drafted <laughs> in pools, wasn't he? Yeah, I drafted him. He was <laughs> he was highly ranked because he was know that. he was pegged to play first line, and he's yeah. he's sent packing in like a month. Oh man! Yeah, they didn't want to give him playing time, so I, I felt bad for the guy. But because yeah, I remember too, like uh, Gary Lawless, who works for the Knights, like they put out this video with like the translator. They were showing 
Vadim Shapachev like around Vegas and around like marketing. Arena. Oh yeah, completely. And then it's just like, all right, yeah, you're you're heading back to SK or wherever. <laughs> back to riding the bus in the K. So uh, oh yeah. Speaking of fantasy and and taking it all in, Tyler, uh, I wanted the listeners to get your your side of the story from you know bringing me into the studio. Uh, the listeners are aware of what what happened. It was early on in our potting, eh? Let's go episode two or three. And I said, "Hey, I'm going to Sirius Radio." It just it just got hooked up. It forced us to pick a name because I told him you can't go on <laughs> Sirius without a fucking name for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you got to so plug it. We told the listeners about how I, you know, I basically like you know drove my car off the road to to text. Um, you guys were actually on loop that day, Tyler. It wasn't live. I wasn't listening to you guys live. Uh, it was it was on loop because I'm sure as you know you 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 probably got that tweet later on in the day after the show yeah. was over. Um, but you know, tell us a little bit about that and how your notification popped up, and then there I was in the studio. Yeah, so uh, I think for the last two or three years we've done an on air fantasy draft. So guys like Boomer and Rob Higgins who are a part of the fantasy show on Fridays on our channel, and then a couple younger guys like Nick Alberga, me, Jake. Um, we've been involved in this draft, and I think even like Mick Kern was in it one year, Peter Burst was in it, uh, just a couple guys. If, if we need an extra guy, we'll we'll ask someone uh, in the studio, one of the hosts or whoever's around kind of thing. And then Boomer just had the idea. He's like, you know, you know what? Why don't we throw a, a tweet out there? We'll, we'll talk about it during our show. Uh, let's try to get a listener in the studio, one that lives in like the greater Toronto area, fairly close to the studio, <laughs> not like five a, hours a, away. <laughs> or five hours. Yeah. Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, five hours and under yeah. uh, to come in, which is not a, a horrible drive, I guess. But no, I um, so, yeah, so we threw it out there. Um, I remember, I think I'm trying to remember, I think you were the first, I think someone else tweeted me and then you tweeted me as well. And uh, I just remember tweeting back and forth with you, before and i was like all right this guy seems pretty legit i brought it up to boomer i was like yeah this guy josh uh he's feeling coming in he's gonna do the drive and uh boomer's like yeah let's, let's get him in and had to run it by the boss obviously and the boss was cool with it so uh we brought you in you did the drive you woke up early you came into studio and uh and it was a pretty fun draft it was only a six-person draft and it's the type of draft where uh, you don't want to go on air live and not have your players pick because that'll just be horrible radio so you True. obviously do it uh, beforehand so we did it in just a boardroom right across from our studio and uh, it went fairly well we the day before we uh, drew names and numbers for whoever got the first and second and whatever picks and I, I think I got the first and you got the second right yeah I got well I originally had the third but then someone dropped out I can't even remember who it was yeah. Brett Brett Innes yeah Br- Brett, Brett Innes he couldn't come in so yeah he dropped so out then I was forced six. to take Kucherov when I really wanted to take McKinnon <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Like, hey, you know what? Kucher's been doing horrible. No, he's not doing horrible. But it, it was just funny because it was like, okay, number one, McDavid, number two, Kucherov, and then Coley gets to be the first real, you know, what's what's going to happen at three, kind of thing. Yeah. And I would have been able to have a nice little speech or whatever on my pick. But I think it went. I think it went well. It was a lot of fun. You should have picked Ranton in that too, buddy. I know, I know. I have him in another hey, one. I think, I think you got him though. I think you got him in our league, man. I do have him in, in the. I do have him in the league. I'm in fucking first place. Of course, I have him. <laughs> I know. That's You're gonna have to bring him back right? on. You realize if he wins. Well, that's that's on the air, right, Tyler? I mean, Boomer's got to. Yeah, that was part there. of the deal. That's part of the deal. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna. We're, we're doing the same kind of draft for the playoffs, so. I'm not gonna win though, because Rob. Uh, is in second. He's only a handful of points behind me, and he has Matthews. He also has uh, another injured player that I can't think of. It might be Kuznetsov. 
I'm having a rough go. It's tough when your last pick. We only had three defensemen, and we'll preface that, but it's tough when uh, with your last pick of the draft you uh, reach for Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> oh, boy. For reason. I don't I, know why I did that. I, I dust him off. There's some, yeah, there's some interesting picks. Could have had Thomas so. Shabbat, man. What the heck? I know. Eh? Like, well, You know oh. what, though? There's a lot of surprises going on this year, man, not just from a fantasy perspective. Like, I know you're a big fantasy uh, pool, pool kind of guy, Tyler. I mean, obviously, it goes without saying with your knowledge of the league, it, it, it makes it a little easier to to do that. But that doesn't mean it's easy to win, is it? Like, it can be pretty oh, difficult no. to, to uh, you know, determine whether a player is going to regress or can you follow the 15% rule? I mean, do you want how badly do you want separation on defense? Well, who's the defenseman that you're going to take? Because it's not Doughty. I can tell you that much because I have him in one of my pools and he ain't doing nothing. Eric Carlson, not a whole lot going on there. So... Maybe, uh, you know, what do you think? Uh, how has it been going so far this year for fantasy-wise? It, it's tough for that exact reason, man. Like, Drew Doughty is probably the first defenseman I'd want if I'm starting a team in real life. But fantasy-wise, I don't even want to touch Drew Doughty any year. I don't think I've ever actually drafted Drew Doughty. So it's crazy. And I wanted Carlson this year. And look what he's doing in San Jose right now. He's just absolutely ice cold to start his Sharks career. But uh, I'm in a – so not including the one we did on air, uh, I'm in two other Yahoo dra- uh, leagues and – I'll just say this. My goalies have absolutely screwed me so far this year. Like Matt Murray in one league, he's been horrible. He's been hurt. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Quick in another league, he's had this meniscus problem and for some reason is coming back this early. Like, are you kidding me, Los Angeles? Like, have no clue why Jonathan Quick's coming back. Yeah, that um, is an interesting one for me too. I've had the same sense. problem in, in my pools as well with defensemen and goalies. I had Tukarask, he's gone. Or he hasn't played. He was gone, came back, not playing. Uh, I drafted Ghost of Beer uh, very high. He hasn't done jack shit. And then Hedman has been fairly quiet to start the season uh, along to go along with an injury. Yeah, it's kind of shocking some of the guys like Ghost and Hedman, two guys that I want to target, obviously, because they're going to do so well. And uh, luckily, I guess, I didn't get them in either draft, just those two guys, for example. But it's tough, man. Like, you, you get you can get so screwed with injuries so quick. Like, those goaltending injuries, they can screw you, especially if you don't get to the waiver wire quick enough. And then you're just you're trying to fight for your goalie starts. And if you have four goalie categories like a lot of leagues do, you're, you're pretty much going to lose every single week if your goalies are absolutely horrible. So that's tough. Uh, I think in one league, I'm like 8th out of 12 right now, but uh, everything's close from like fourth to 12. It's all close. So I'm not too worried about that. And then in another league, boys, I don't even want to say I'm like 11th out of 12 right now. What's your team? Uh, what's, your, so, what's your team name in our league, in the league? In, uh, in, in ours. Yeah. Oh, like the one we did on air. Oh, Jake Hans league. Yeah. Oh, in Jake Hans league. What's I'm uh, oh, it's, a, it's a Simpsons reference. I, I usually try to do Johnny tight. Johnny tight. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm Johnny Tightlips in that league. I'm Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, if you guys don't know, if you're not Simpsons watchers, Johnny Tightlips was one of the uh, Fat Tony's like mob. Yeah, I ain't yeah. saying guys. nothing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so Johnny Tightlips in that. In you that had one. a you had a nice comeback uh, against me. Whatever week it was, was it week three maybe or you know it was week two. Oh, that was insane. That, that was, was insane. insane. I was beating you, and I I do broadcasting for our local junior team here on Sundays. So like. I usually miss everything and I can check it at the intermission, but turns out I didn't really check it until afterwards. And then you came storming back. Like, I think I was up five, two or something good. And you came storming back, beat me seven, three. Like it was just devastating. Oh, I thought I was done in that matchup. I wasn't even going to check. I remember going to hockey that night. I play with Jake on the same team. I'm like, Oh, but I'm going to get crushed this week by Josh. By that like, pool guy. I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I was like, my team sucks, man. Like, 
and then I look when I get home and I'm, I'm somehow winning. But uh, that was probably one of my only like wins of the year in that league. Like it's tough. Like you're drafting a couple guys like, like Brady. I think I drafted Braden Shen in that league. Um, and just not a lot of the guys can like Ricard Raquel. Dude, oh, I draft Ricard Raquel every single about, season. Oh I draft them God. every year, man. Like, Ricard Raquel is just such a disappointment. I'm about to drop him because Nylander's coming back. So and all the ducks don't seem to be worth having at all at this point. But I'm gonna drop Ricard like Ricard Raquel. He was a high pick in my other keeper league. He'd be a borderline keeper. They have the greatest coming schedule out last of year. life. They play every fucking Sunday. No, I wouldn't drop him. Yeah, I wouldn't drop Raquel. I, I, you can't give up on guys like that. He, he has three position eligibility. I think like. Yeah, you gotta he does. One, he's, tri- he's triple eligible. Yeah, but who the hell else am I gonna drop? I got nobody. I, I, I'll shoot you one. Cause you gotta be. You gotta be patient <laughs> for guys like that. I would think. Right on. Okay. Figure it out, man. All right. Well, listen. We're we're talking about Nylander. I want to talk about Nylander before we let you go, man. We'll 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 bring it up here uh, real quick. Since you're a Leaf fan, listeners, uh, we probably have a lot of listeners that are Leaf fans. We're we're kind of Leaf heavy. Obviously, we have a whole fucking segment dedicated to the team, so we're pretty Leaf heavy. Um, how do you think this is coming down the pipe, man? I mean, forgive me because I know you've probably been talking about this at length. I yeah, how tired are you talking about it? Answer that, too. <laughs> oh, boys, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Like, uh, Especially at work. Like, I'll talk about it now like with my buddies. Like, It's fun talking about it like with your buddies. Yes, I agree. It's yeah. just like it just gets so regurgitated in the media like every single day. It's cookie cutter in the media. You can't say oh, yeah. you can't say what you really want to say, like you know, pretty much on, no. on mainstream media, right? So, well, no one has the information, and like I guess that could lead into an interesting, interesting question. Like, do you guys poke and prod at the Leafs to try and pick up on things? Like, are you guys actively reporting? Like, um, you know, some similar to how the, the, some of the major networks here do it. So no, our uh, our channel doesn't really have any insiders and stuff, but. Uh, a lot of our guests that we get on, like former NHLers or former guys connected that come on as guests uh, who are technically insiders of our channel, they'll usually give some great tidbits, like um, if they hear anything or whatnot. So uh, they don't work for us, but they're our guests, and, and they'll sometimes have some great tidbits on uh, how contract negotiations are going or uh, if some GMs are, are kind of trying to be active on the market kind of thing. Nice. I know Wyshynski is a good guest that you guys have on often. That's a, yeah, that's he was a, on today. He's yeah, great. That's a nice listen for me. I like that listen. I didn't listen today purposely um, because I didn't want to be uh, swayed in any direction. But, you know, on, on the pod tonight. So I don't know what you guys talked about today. But uh, like I said, I do listen a lot. So, yeah, why don't you um, why don't you just bring us up to speed on what you personally feel like uh, Nylander is going to go with? I don't want to sway you either way, but I'll let you know what I think afterwards. What do you think? So I'll start with this. Like the Leafs are, are playing tonight. You boys are probably watching right now against the San Jose Sharks. Just started. And uh, yeah, pregame, uh, Elliot Friedman. I don't know if you boys saw this or or we if did. you were recording yeah, we did, uh, yeah. your 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 pod already, but he pretty much reported. And Elliot Friedman's great. He said uh, that if William Nylander signs or doesn't sign, this is his last season with the Maple Leafs. That's even if he doesn't sign, like he's going to be traded. So uh, even if he does sign here, boys, like. He's getting traded anyway, so I don't even see the reason for the Leafs to sign him. Like, I know you guys are Leaf fans like me, but like, just trade this guy if you could. And it's tough. You don't want to get the a bad return for a guy like William Nylander, who is ridiculously skilled. Like watching William Nylander some nights is absolutely silly. Uh, defensively, sometimes maybe he's not great, but guys get better in their own zone. They always have things to clean up defensively. Sure, um, but it, it, it's tough. Kyle Dubas. As you guys know, he, he's had a plan put in place probably before since he was named general manager. He has a plan for the Maple Leafs 
to fit everyone under the cap, to fit Austin Matthews uh, once they sign him, to fit Mitch Marner once they sign him, maybe to fit Jake Gardner uh, once he becomes a, an unrestricted free agent. Who really knows? But he has a plan financially. Uh, guys like Brandon Pridham in the Leafs organization who work on the cap, uh, they have numbers in mind, and they don't want to go too off script because then if you're giving William Nylander something like eight-point-something million, then it's not going to work, and you're not going to be able to sign Mitch Marner for ten plus million, whatever he's going to fetch now um, from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and not, you're not going to be able to pay Austin Matthews over eleven million. So uh, obviously, I see why the Leafs haven't caved to William Nylander in his camp, and uh, I obviously get it from William Nylander. But come on, man, just listen to David Pasternak. Pasternak said this is him. He just wants to play hockey, sign for whatever. You're going to be a millionaire anyway. Like, yeah. just just sign on the dotted line, play the game you love. Like, how brutal must it be for an NHL caliber hockey player to not be playing and watching their team absolutely crush it? Like, yeah, be in the yeah. top five of the NHL, win yeah. every single night, and you're just in Sweden skating with a team, or you're in Austria skating with like a team where uh, you would be the best player on that team, and, and you're probably not even having fun skating with them. With a no, bunch I, of dust. Um, yeah, especially in this day and age too, with social media. I mean, the the players are more in constant connection with one another at all times. These guys are liking each other's Instagram uh, posts. They're probably fucking playing Fortnite together. Uh, oh, for sure. Know, at night, and and it's just it it must be a weird dynamic between between friends on teams. And I mean, so are you kind of basically just putting all your eggs in the Friedman basket of him being gone, like a. You know, I mean, let's pretend that that article didn't come out or or Friedman didn't report that. I don't know if I'm I used to think that he was not coming back this season and that it was gone sour and he was never going to come back and he was going to be traded and we were going to lose the fucking trade, all this other stuff. The cap implication with him coming back and being cheaper years two through four, five, six, seven or eight, like that's kind of opened up my eyes and made me realize that it's very likely that the plan from day one may have been to wait this long, whether both sides were made aware of it remains to be seen, but from Dubas and the Leafs side of things, at least we wait until the 30th because then we can afford everybody in year two. Yeah. It's just, man, it just pisses me off that like a guy would actually like consider missing an entire season. I know the last time it happened was Mike Pekka back in the 2001 season. And then, he missed the whole year. I, I can't even imagine a player, especially like Mike Pekka, who probably at that stage of his career probably wasn't as good as William Nylander no, is at this stage no of his chance. career. Yeah. Uh, and then he got traded to the island. Um, so who really knows what happens with Nylander? But even if he signs, a lot of these Leafs players, if they want to believe this Elliot Friedman report, they're like, all right, our buddy's probably not even going to be here next season. Um, but, but for William Nylander, like, just start playing hockey. You don't want to. And if he misses the season, like how how insane is that? Like, what's he going to be doing? If you're one of the teammates, like if you're Matthews or or whoever, one of his good buddies on the team, aren't you just texting him every day and being like, buddy, just fucking sign the contract? I don't like, get yeah. over here. Get like, back. Just get like, over here. It's I don't insane. understand. Just yeah. sign, man. Like, oh, it, it's, it's got to be driving. It, it's pretty them rattling. Like, even just as a hockey fan, not as a Leafs fan, when a player like this might miss the season, you're just like, oh, come on, man. Like, I don't want to see like a Frederick Goche type player in the lineup instead of uh, a guy that's as skilled as William yeah, Nylander, I couldn't, just as a general hockey yeah, fan. Couldn't agree more. Do I, you I wouldn't uh I, I wouldn't put so much stock in that take from Friedman. It was my initial reaction because I'm thinking the Leafs is so tight knit, there's been no insider information throughout this whole process. And then 
Friedman comes out with a scorching hot take that it's all but over, regardless of the signing. So I'm just wondering how much how much do we put into this this take? I mean, it's Friedman, so it's credible. It's not Kipper, right? <laughs> so so I you listen to Friedman, but it's like how is it? What 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 uh, do you think? What interaction would he have had with somebody on the team that gave him this impression? I wonder. Yeah, that's it's tough. You never know where a lot of these insiders get their information. Obviously, they're very well connected within organizations with like assistant GMs and even guys that aren't even that high up in organization that'll maybe toss them some info. But uh, when Elliot Friedman speaks, us as hockey fans and us as uh, guys of the media or whoever, if you're doing a podcast, like. You're listening to him, so um, I kind of take take this. I may may take it with a little bit of grain of salt, but at the end of the day, maybe if William Nylander's not a least come puck drop next season, we'll be like, oh yeah, that's that was the Elliot Friedman report. But I uh, still like to see him sign with Toronto by Saturday, which is December first. Uh, I'd love to see him in the lineup because when 29's out there playing with Austin Matthews, it, it's just so, so fun to watch. And like we haven't even seen those two guys. That's pair what up we with, were promised, Marner with Marner and JT on the other line. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah, we want to yeah. see what we were promised. We, were we promised. talked about this last episode. We want that team that we were promised in the summertime, and we haven't yet seen it. Yeah, imagine, like, you drop Marlow down to Kadri's line and have Caput and Matthews and Nylander just, like, a sexy line to, to have out. That's yeah, a ridiculous that's line, that's and crazy. to see those guys wheel up and down the ice together would be, a, would be phenomenal. Do you have the uh, game on right now, or did you pause it, Tyler? I do have it on, boys. I, I saw that assist. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sick, eh? Like he's yeah, back. Nice My phone lights up. A bunch of messages. The one I like the most says, "Is it ever fun to watch the Leafs?" So I mean, it's been fun even <laughs> while he's out. Now he's back. So listen, uh, we'll let you go, Tyler. Uh, I wanted uh, just real quick, uh, like you guys do on the radio. You got twenty seconds. Are the Sabers for real? The Sabers are not for real. I'll say that. You know what? They've put this great 10-game winning streak together as we speak. Uh, could go 11, could go 12. Who really knows what happens? But the Buffalo Sabres, they still got to show me something. We're only a quarter way through. They're winning a lot of close games and overtime games. Once their defense maybe starts to, to show their their true their true inexperiencedness, you know what I mean, boys? Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe we'll see about the Buffalo Sabres. But I'll say this. I'd love to see them play the Leafs in the playoffs. That would be unreal. We were just talking good about for that hockey. It's and, good for hockey. Yeah. And, I mean, they have such an incredible fan base. Like, you look at the ratings year after year when Buffalo's not even in the playoffs, and they're often the second or third-ranked city ratings-wise in the U.S. behind the team that's actually hosting the hockey game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah so, they have great fans, too, boys. Like, I, I went to a game in Buffalo – uh, two or three New Year's Eves ago, oh, nice. uh, they played the Islanders, and and just being up there, like I think I was wearing like a Team Canada jersey or something. I don't have a Sabres jersey, so I was rocking like a right. Team Canada jersey, I think. And and the fans there are just absolutely, they're just beauties. Uh, they love the team, they love hockey, so they deserve to be back in the playoffs. And, and a guy like Jack Eichel certainly deserves it and that, too. That overtime goal from Skinner last night provided for some really good listening uh, from Rick Jenneret. If you, uh, well, I was, it's so but I was good, in my right? car. Were you? Yeah, I was listening to our <laughs> channel. Yeah, yeah. That's so sick. If you, yeah. uh, if you listen back, uh, Tyler, to, to this pod, uh, the opener, the opener, um, is the overtime call for Skinner. And it's, uh, what, what I, the reason why I went with it, and I was saying to Lesko before we went to air, 
for sure for me was just the how loud the crowd was um, when he scored. Oh, it's insane. They knew uh, yeah. it was in before the horn went off. They also knew it was in before Rick Jenneret knew. So there was like a collective massive, yeah, and then the horn and the call. And, and it made me feel really good about potential playoffs. And I'm kind of afraid of them as a Leaf fan, to be honest with you, in the future. Yeah, I might be a bit of afraid of them, but even if Boston like finishes a wild card team, I'd still be more afraid of Boston. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, it's funny you bring up that call because like we were playing it today at work, and like you kind of have to jack up the audio because the crowd is so loud you can barely hear Rick Jenneret. Like that's how loud it's it was. It's true. Yeah, I, yeah. I had I had trouble mixing the intro. It's funny you'll have you'll have to go back and uh, and have a have a peek at the at the opener for this episode. You might actually be our one thousandth listener, Tyler. We we at the sound of the recording here, we were at nine ninety nine. So, we, ooh we, we, boys! I, right when we get off the phone here, I'm I'm going to listen to like, the episode just yeah. on the thousand. Right, I want to yeah. see the Tyler bump too from this. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, well, we'll let you go, Ty. Uh, didn't quite cover everything, but that was really good, man. Nice intro and uh, really uh, thankful and appreciative, grateful to uh, have you on this evening. Thanks and, a lot. Um, maybe uh, you know, see you again in the future here on the Pucks and Deep podcast. Yeah, boys, really appreciate you having me on. Uh, enjoy the rest of this Leafs game. And seriously, I will come on anytime you guys want. So uh, just shoot me a text. Sounds, Excellent. Sounds good, man. We'll be in touch. All right. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Take man. care, man. Take Thank care. you. All right. Well, that was Tyler Mataraz. And what fuck, a beauty. Eh? That was fun. What a beauty. I had to let him go. Friend of the show. We were on there for a long time. That no, was good, man, because it was, I mean, he's a natural, obviously, and very experienced yeah. at his at his job. And yeah. Guy could talk hockey, and like you said, off air, it's, it's a little different for him. A little more relaxed atmosphere uh, compared to being on the radio all the time. But uh, no, that was really cool. And first friend of the show, and I think it went pretty well. I don't think he swore once. He didn't swear. I don't think he took advantage of the of the podcast. Uh, maybe he doesn't swear. Maybe maybe he's just he's too good. He's too squeaky clean from being on the Is radio like for so long. Church boy, we can't have church boys. No, I mean squeaky clean. As in he's he's a pro. Dude's oh, a pro. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It could be true, Lesko, because well, he's I don't used know. to being on. Like he sounded on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he might have been more casual in his conversation. But yeah. you know that was great. So thanks very much to Tyler for coming on, and uh, we'll definitely uh, take him up on his offer and bring him back in the future. Yeah, actually, I want to um, I want to look up his uh, Twitter feed, Lesko. So why don't you just kind of say just kind of say stuff right yeah, now? Well, say stuff right I now. Uh, we did miss that Leafs goal. Oh uh, my god, man! And then <laughs> I didn't even get to see it. Okay, so the goal was just incredible. A little tic tac toe. Mitch, Austin, JT. No chance for anyone. They were the only three players on the ice. Basically. I got my back to the TV and Coleman. So then Coleman they, just makes yeah. a funny look on his face. Like but, I thought, I thought he shit his pants at first, man, but, <laughs> and it was. It was actually because the Leafs had scored Dude, a nice goal. The next, the next one was insane. Matthews came in, and you know that outdoor rink move you do where you put it like in between the guy's stick and his skate? Not yeah, in between I, his skate. I can't even do that yeah. on the ODR. He did it like two or three times. He went in, out, in, back, out again, <laughs> and by the time he went to the outside, he was all alone, and uh, it was incredible. So listen, um, mm. you can follow uh, Tyler Mataraz at Tyler Mataraz 47. You might want um, to spell that. I'm going to. That's <laughs> Tyler spelled as everyone else does. And Mataraz is M-A-D-A-R-A-S-Z. So it sounds as it's spelt, but you put an S before the Z. Tyler Mataraz 47. Um, yeah. I mean, realistically, let's go. The way the guy shoots the shit there and 
Um, I listen to the station every day, so I'm like a little fanboy here, um, you know, bringing him on. But in all honesty, the guy uh, is headed right towards a blue check mark. I mean, the the you talk about hockey, it rolls right off his back. It's easy. He knows everything about the fucking league. Um, you know, I hope that he uh, is not jerking our chain and will be on in the future. Sounds legit to me. So, yeah, uh, good thing we got that Nylander out of the way. He did most of the talking on that, saved our, our breasts. And, uh, you know, I like how you brought up the little conspiracy that we talked about the other day, whereas maybe they dragged this out forever on purpose um, to to modify the capping implications over year over year. And I actually wanted to take a closer look at that and just didn't have a chance. Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting because we read that Friedman tweet right before we got on, on the horn with them. And I thought it was fascinating that he had heard it as well. I guess yeah. it was in the Leafs pregame show yeah. where that was brought up. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how much how much I'm going to buy into that. But like he said, it's Friedman. I mean, you listen to a guy like that and it adds legitimacy to what he's saying. And I agree. I, I, you know, I almost wish that didn't come out because think of the scrutiny that's going to come back on him uh, once he returns. You know, the story won't be dead anymore. If he gets if he gets signed before Saturday and he's back, it's all gonna be like, when's he going? Well, who's he gonna go yeah, for? Yeah, but like, not really though. What the if trade signs, talks what, already been happening? Yeah, but what if he signs a deal that works out really well as far as the cap hit is concerned, and it's a seven year deal? Are we still talking trade? I don't think so. I suppose, but I mean, you you look at the uh, and if we are talking trade, then sorry to interrupt you, but if we are talking trade, then then I'm pretty fucking pumped about it because it's going to be a great value. Well, we're I gonna hope get so. we're gonna get really good value back for that deal let's say it's at somewhere in the six nine six eight range for seven years or something like that and people yeah. will say oh he's being a leaf for sure okay well maybe he's being a leaf this year while we try and win a cup i wonder if the contract will actually uh give us a little more insight into his future but i guess we'll wait and see and uh by this time next week when we're on the pod you will have an answer and we will get to do a special exclusive Nylander hour, it, and it'll go forever. <laughs> it will be a Nylander hour, and you know what? If he's back, then it's just going to be nothing but Nylander love, baby. Yeah. Highlights of Nylander ripping it to the cheese. Joe Bowen I'm really calls. excited to see him back on in uh, the blue and white, so hopefully we get to see that soon. Well, I want to see some blue and right, white right now. That's why I just played us off like the fucking Oscars because it's time to go. Time to watch the game. Yeah, it's time to watch the game. Matthews is dancing out there. The Leafs are back. They are up one nothing currently. Matthews already has an apple that's good for my pool. So it's good for a lot of people's pools. Nylander coming back would really be great for my pool. But we'll see how that shapes out. So once again, thanks again to Tyler Mataraz at Sirius NHL, NHL Radio Channel 91 at Tyler Mataraz 47. Uh, thanks for joining us. That was a real slice, man. I can't wait to do it again. That was great. Right. That was great. At Let's Go Adam, at Coleman 42. Find us on the Twitter sphere. Also follow us at PuckPod. That's the handle for the actual... Uh, show where you can tweet your questions or your complaints subscribe to the podcast subscribe to it you fucks (laughs) (laughs) all right listen thanks a lot episode 12 is over it's been a lot of fun uh can't wait to see you again next week we'll have lots of shit going on and like you say man we're gonna have an answer to the kneelander lots of leaf talk next week peace